It is playoff time. Welcome to the left turn here on X106. I am Jacob Blair. Uh, we, we've got Matt Tritton sitting in here for, for some reason, filling in for Trevor Mater. Trevor is not here today. So uh, how, Matt, Matt's in here. No, it's not on. His mic's not on. Come on, there Jake, we go. You, you just walked in here. We, we started the show, and, and there was two seconds before it started, and you just walked in here. You knew I was going to, didn't you? What? Two lefts don't make a right. Correct. But, but if you're sliding through a corner, you, you, you need, need to turn right every once in a while. This is the left turn. We, we talk about NASCAR and IndyCar. We're going to hit some dirt racing today, but like we said, it is playoff time here. I'm pumped. You're, you're pumped? Yeah. <laughs> this is going to be interesting today. Matt Tritton, the, one, of the, one of the voices of the Bearcat Radio Network, sitting in again for Trevor May today. I'm Jacob Blair. We are live. It is playoff time. We had the Brickyard 400 out there at Indianapolis Motor Speedway over the weekend, and it was moved to this September weekend. This year is the final race before the playoffs started. It, most of the field had found their way into the playoffs, still four drivers fighting for those positions, those four drivers being Clint Boyer, Ryan Newman, Daniel Suarez, and Jimmy Johnson, Jimmy Johnson, that seven-time champion, finding himself in a situation not used to trying to, to get the job done and get himself into the playoffs. Unfortunately, we'll, we'll get to that in a little bit, but had some struggles in the race. He misses out on the playoffs. But but overall, the, the race itself found a lot of cautions. As we, a total of nine cautions for 48 laps, but a lot of wrecks, a lot of wrecks late, a lot of restarts as – Drivers continued to, to have trouble on the inside line, holding their race cars down there with cars on the outside, and that, that's what Indy will produce, being a one-line racetrack, not not really being able to – the top side being dirty. It's worse for IndyCar when they're there for the Indianapolis 500, but with, with NASCAR as well. I got nothing to add to this, but you got this under control. I, I told you before this started. <laughs> I'm not bored. I just feel awkward that you're like, why is he standing here watching me? So, Matt Matt decided that uh, I needed help because he saw me in here by myself, and I told him I was good. But, but Trevor, if you're listening, you're garbage. We we are. This is a live radio show. That's why I was putting it up there for. <laughs> we'll get we'll get back to to what happened here, if the Brickyard 400, and again, the, the, this race. It found itself in an interesting position where you had to deal with a lot of restarts, but again, being the last playoff race, you had to deal with the fact that there were there were two races in one. You had guys running to win the Brickyard 400. You had four guys trying to fight themselves into the playoffs, and strategies were all over the board. Guys, guys going up to the front, going to the back late in the race. You saw some of the playoff guys decide to pit or not, but just kind of go through this race. You start off the race, stays... It has a very mild start, have a caution early, and then before the end of stage one, you get Landon Castle with a brutal hit to the outside wall as he had troubles in that double zero car. Brings out that caution, and that's what Andy will do. You see it in any car. You get big wrecks there. You also see it in the Cup Series as you deal with, with situations where you've got those 90 degree walls because you do have four corners it is a rectangle rectangular racetrack so, so you deal with that situation Landon castle big hit to the wall and that just kind of set the tone for the day that, that there were going to be there were going to be incidents through, throughout this this race 
and you get to the end of stage one, Joey Logano, he picks up a stage point, and, and the key things there in stage one, Ryan Newman picks up playoff points as he ends up fifth in stage one. Jimmy Johnson made it more interesting. He picked up a, a sixth-place stage points there, while neither Daniel Suarez nor Clint Boyer got stage points in this event. In, that, in stage one, neither of those drivers were able to, to collect those stage points. So at that point... You had the two drivers looking really on the outside as Suarez and Newman came into this, nodded it pretty much even, so the better the two on the day would make the playoffs. And Jimmy, he needed some work to do, does that in stage one, was able to do that in stage two as well, picked up a couple stage points in that stage. Clint Boyer in stage two was also able to grab stage points while Ryan Newman was not. Daniel Suarez was right there behind Clint Boyer. He, he grabbed stage point as, points as well. So heading into that final stage, there was, there was a lot of, on the line and the points battles got a lot closer everyone kind of maintained there in the stages and clint boyer he looked pretty good heading into the final stage assuming nothing bad would happen and and the, fortunately for him he was able to avoid all the incidents but you also had ryan newman he just him and daniel suarez he just had to beat daniel suarez and then jimmy johnson had had some work to do uh, but before we get to that stage three, I do want to talk about the incident between Brad Keselowski and Eric Jones. Another one of those racing incidents where you got to try to get to the bottom line in two cars, go to one line, doesn't work. So you have an incident there. Keselowski, or Eric Jones gets loose on the bottom. Keselowski pinches him to the bottom. They both end up in the outside wall. Then Keselowski gets loose and heads to the inside wall. And this was the first controversy of the day is, is Indianapolis – Motor Speedway has been at the forefront of safety. They were the first track to install safer barriers, and it was really in an effort to, to help safety at the Indianapolis 500. But you get in a situation where Brad Keselowski heads to the inside wall. You've got an odd angle. You've got a bunch of tire barriers. He gets into those tire barriers. The car ends up on top of the tire barriers. He's got a, an odd exit to the race car. He tries to get out real quick, and then later calls out the, the safety concerns on the racetrack. And, and I understand those safety concerns of there being an odd angled wall, but you also have to look at this facility as a whole. You have to look at what the speedway is and why that wall was there. If you're not familiar with the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, you have a – it's the – mecca of auto racing where you've got a lot of different things going on there yes you've got the 2.5 mile racetrack inside of it you've got a road course there's now now also a dirt track on the infield over there on turn number three with the the bc39 which what a, a show that they put on on wednesday and thursday kyle larson and michael pickens and justin grant they were just able to and those midget cars and those USAC midget cars put on an unbelievable show. And that, that event is here to stay as, as there was news that that racetrack will now become permanent over there in turn number three. So a big news for the dirt racing world in getting that, that event part of this weekend, but getting it set that, that, that event will be coming back, especially for, for a guy like Brian Clawson, who did make a couple Indy 500 starts, but back to that incident, you've got that road course there. There's, you exit the road course back onto the speedway over there in, in turn number two. That That's where all that road course stuff is. You've got corners there. You've got access roads as well. You've also got to get safety vehicles, a place to go. So you can't just leave no wall there because then you get in some really bad situations where there's blunt walls and, and things like that. So they angle the walls off as you have the inside wall 
perpendicular to their or parallel to their racetrack excuse me and then these walls connect to that that permanent wall and these are temporary walls that they place at a, another a good 30 degree angle to the racetrack so they're angled off towards the infield a little bit more because at some point if you just kept it straight you'd have to have a blunt wall at some point and, and that's worse so to me they, they did a really good job doing what they can because you can't just put permanent walls there the road course is there you've got to find a way to do that and, and with a bunch of tires the wall they had there it really is the best option and you watch Brad Keselowski's crash, and it's dramatic because of the tire barriers. They, 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 the tire barriers bounce around. But the thing there is, is with those tire barriers, the hit itself didn't look as monstrous as, as, as it did dramatic. And I understand Brad Keselowski's complaint of why is, why is the wall at that angle? Why are there tire barriers here? Well, it's because they can't put permanent safer barriers there. This is the safest option. And when I look around and see the, the racetrack, what are they doing safety-wise? Well, th this is what they have to do. And another part of this argument is you go look at Alex Bowman's incident later in the race. He hit an odd opening in the wall much further down the racetrack, and nobody's talking about, about that because at, at some point in the, in the wall, especially on a track that big, you have to put an opening to, to get safety vehicles to drivers quicker. If you just close up all the walls and don't allow safety vehicles to, to get to wrecked race cars, then you get in a situation where they can't get there quick enough. And so, like I said, I understand Brad Kozlowski's concern, but you, 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 especially with Indianapolis Motor Speedway, NASCAR is not the number one series that goes there. That is IndyCar, the Indianapolis 500, the Indy GP. They're not going to put permanent walls over the road course. That road course is going to exist there. So there's going to be a, a temporary wall of some sort there. And whether maybe the solution is is you take the, the where the wall ends over in turn number one for the road course, you connect it all the way over there. But then you get in situations where you, you've got to get safety vehicles. And you also have to allow the, the access road availability there as well because the drivers need to be able to use that. We saw a couple times – and they're late in stage two. Kyle Busch he, uh, grenades an engine and was able to get to the access road. And even though it was over there in three and four, a, a caution did not come out until that car was on fire in pit lane and safety vehicles did need to get to him. So, again, I understand Keselowski's grief and where he was concerned with that. But to me, there comes a point where the track did everything necessary to make sure yeah, they knew it was not a great angle on the wall. They put the tire barrier there. And and as we learned last week, racing is still a dangerous sport. Every track's going to have a situation where if the perfect wreck happens, you're going to hit there. And Brad Keselowski had that. He spun late off a corner because he got into the wall, and then the car shot to the infield, and he got into the wall. We race there, NASCAR races there four more years. You might not get another wreck like that with brad keselowski so i don't know what what indy's supposed to do we'll probably see something different when we go back the july 4th weekend next week is again this date's going to get the the date shift the other thing before we get to the stage three where all everyone in the playoffs lined up 
is that the crowd, although didn't look great optics-wise, looked like a really good crowd that, that finally showed up for this race. They'd really struggled with those numbers. Again, Indianapolis Motor Speedway seats well over 200,000 in just grandstand seats. You're not going to get that for the Brickyard 400. They've really never gotten that other than, than at the, the first couple runnings of this event. So when you have 200,000 plus seats, you only get 65,000. It's going to look empty. The good thing is that that's more people there than, than at the Darlington race. So it's all about optics, more seats, less percentage of people filling those seats. It's going to look worse than, than less seats and you having a hundred percent of those seats full. So a good crowd for this race, but then you get to stage three and things really, really get wild. You get the, the restart on stage three, you, you have a situation where William Byron's there. You have another situation where Jimmy Johnson's on the bottom. Car, uh, Kurt Busch had trouble in turn number one. He He's up there at the top. We're, we're three wide at this point. Byron and, and Johnson have the edge on Busch. And Byron crowds Jimmy. And, and Jimmy loses his race car gets into the wall destroys that 48 machine and that is what ended his his playoff hopes and we will not be seeing jimmy johnson the seven-time champion in the playoffs he was the only driver left in the the current active field to have participated in every version of of a playoff format back when you go back to the the chase now to the playoffs he unfortunately for that 48 machine does miss out on the playoffs and i, I think this is not necessarily it's not a great thing for for nascar to have you know the currently your you know most legendary active driver with his statistics not make the playoffs but if you've watched racing all year this year you kind of could see this coming you could see that that jimmy was not going to be able to make the playoffs it was going to be a long shot the car the, the the good thing for the 48 team is they've got some more speed they showed more speed this last week they were running up front Finished in the points in both stages. Unfortunately, just got caught up in an incident and ended up in the wall, ending his chances of a playoff run. With that happening, that takes a little bit of pressure off of especially someone like Clint Boyer, who, who had some, some gap on, on the playoffs in that cut line to make the playoffs. Now you've only got a deal. You went into this race, you've got four fighting for two spots. Now it's three fighting for two, so you lose one of those spots at this point kevin harvick has proved he's the dominant race car he's up front get one of these restarts ryan blaney he get, he gets a good jump on a restart he gets out front and it just kind of seemed like whoever could get out front on a restart could kind of stay there once the the restart panned out but kevin harvick really dominated this race he led 118 laps he ended up with the win after a restart with just under 10 laps to go so Harvick, the last driver to, to add some playoff points before the playoffs. Kyle Busch already had clinched the regular season championship and those 15 playoff points heading into the playoffs. But you go back, you look at the, the playoff run, you get an issue with Daniel Suarez on pit stops. Everyone's getting ready for their final pit stop of the race suarez he's struggling he comes into pit lane a little bit early on the pit cycle kevin harvick's the second car that comes in to pit lane you then get a caution for kyle larson at that point and this was with 
roughly 30 laps to go you you get that caution suarez gets caught a lap down has to take the wave around kevin harvick was already on pit road did not fall a lap down so harvick inherited the lead back with fresh tires everyone else comes down pit road and then you get the battle of restarts after that incident you get a restart alex bowman he ends up in the wall we talked about his incident a long slide for him before getting into the wall and then later he had an incident with with Matt Tift, and he was having a good run as well right there around the top 15, but he ends up getting into the wall as well, setting up that nine-lap run to the end. We're on that last restart. Kevin Harvick gets the good jump, and Kevin Harvick ends up the winner of the Brickyard 400. Joey Logano, he finished second, and then third, and this is the other wrinkle into the playoffs, is Bubba Wallace had an unbelievably fast race car. That 43 car has been struggling all year long. Bubba Wallace has a great run, works up there through the field, but didn't. it wasn't a run where, where fuel or strategy or anything played into play. That was a third-place race car. He ran a great race, battled up front all race long, and you could tell after the race that this was just a, a great run for this team. William Byron finished fourth. Clint Boyer finished in the fifth position and secured his spot in the playoffs. Denny Hamlin finished sixth. Ryan Blaney seventh. Ryan Newman, he finished eighth to also secure his himself into that 16th and final spot in the playoffs. Chase Elliott finished ninth. Paul Menard in that 10th position, and then Daniel Suarez he was the first guy looking out of the playoffs, finishing in the 11th position. Look a little bit further down the running order. You have some of those guys that had issues. Eric Jones crashed early. He finished 39th. Brad Keselowski, 38th. Kyle Busch lost an engine. He finished 37th. Jimmy Johnson in that incident finished 35th. Kyle Larson, 33rd with his incident. Kurt Busch finished 30th. Martin Truex Jr. had trouble early as well, and he was able to salvage a 27th place finish. So that takes us to the playoffs and where everyone sits heading into the 10 race span, three races in round one, three in round two, three in round three. And then you get to the championship race at Homestead. This round, first round will be Las Vegas, Richmond, and then the Roval at Charlotte. So a good array of racetracks you, you, that'll suit different drivers. But again, Las Vegas, Richmond, Charlotte will be the first three in the first round of the playoffs. Heading into the playoffs, Kyle Busch will be that number one seed at 2,045 points. As he will sit 44 above the playoff cut line heading into the first race. Denny Hamlin will be seated second, 29 above the cut line. Martin Truex Jr., third, 28 above the cut line. Then you get Kevin Harvick and Joey Logano, both 27 above to start this round. Brad Keselowski, 23 above. Chase Elliott, 17 above. Kurt Busch will be seated eighth, 10 above. And then you get Alex Bowman, Eric Jones, and Kyle Larson, all four above that cut line. Ryan Blaney right now will start the playoffs on the bubble, three above the cut line. And then the four drivers that are going to have to do work before the playoffs even start, William Byron, three below. Eric Almarola, three below. Clint Boyer and Ryan Newman, both, both four below, so with one point per position. Both of those drivers have – all th four of those drivers have opportunity to easily work themselves into the second round of the playoffs. Again, Las Vegas, Richmond, and then the Roval. We're going to go ahead and take a quick break here on the left turn. When we get back, we're going to go through. We're going to break down the whole playoffs. I'm going to give 
playoff bracket. I've got Trevor's here as well again. Unfortunately, he was not able to make the show today. We're going to make our picks, put it in to stone, who we've got as our champion. Stick with us here on the left turn. Welcome back to the left turn here on X106. I'm Jacob Blair. Again, Trevor Mater not able to be with us today, but good thing is I've got his picks. So he can't sneak anything by anyone, say, you know what, I didn't pick that guy because I've got him. And we're going to talk about him here as we head to the playoffs, the most important 10 races of the year if you want to win an NASCAR Monster Energy Cup Series Championship. If you can't run these 10 races, really, and you got to break them up into those first, you got to break them up into three, get through each round. If you want to win a championship, this is the time to get it done. If you've had great momentum up to this point, it's good to have that, but it doesn't mean a whole lot other than those playoff points that they've accumulated up until this point. If you haven't been running well, well, you can you can really get it figured out and make a run through the playoffs. Again, here are your 12 or your 16 playoff drivers. Kyle Busch will be the one seed, Denny Hamlin, the two seed, Martin Truex Jr., the three seed, then it's Kevin Harvick, Joey Logano, Brad Keselowski, Chase Elliott, Kurt Busch, Alex Bowman, Eric Jones, Kyle Larson, Ryan Blaney, William Byron, Eric Almarola, Clint Boyer, and Ryan Newman. One of those 16 drivers will be a champion. We'll start with round number one. It's Las Vegas, the South Point 400. That'll be this weekend. Then they'll head to Richmond. Then following that will be the Roval. Again, with the way the playoffs work, the top 12 will advance to the second round. If you win one of the three races, you automatically move on to the round of 12. If not, all the other positions will be filled with points. That's why those playoff points are so important. That's why Kyle Busch having 45 of those heading into this this first round, and he gets to carry those all the way through. That's why that is so important to have those. Denny Hamlin accumulated a lot as well. Look at that first round of the playoffs real quick. We'll talk about Trevor. Trevor does have the one seed of Kyle Busch moving on. Denny Hamlin, Martin Truex Jr., Joey Logano. Kevin Harvick, Brad Keselowski, Chase Elliott, Kurt Busch, Kyle Larson, Eric Jones, Ryan Blaney, and William Byron are the drivers that Trevor has moving on to the round of 12. Ryan Newman, Clint Boyer, Eric Almarola, and Alex Bowman, the four that he has missing the round of 12. When we look at the round of 12, again, those playoff points are important. We, we saw Las Vegas last year cause some problems, really shook up this first round. The Roval is another race that can really shake some stuff up because a lot of cars will be on the lead lap at the end of that one. And as we saw last year, it's a skinny racetrack, and it's going to cause a lot of chaos. And again, those notebooks aren't really that large for this round. I think Kyle Busch, he'll be pretty... Pretty clear to move on to the next round, as will Denny Hamlin and Martin Truex Jr. Kevin Harvick, I think, will move on as well. Joey Logano, he will sail into the second round, as will Brad Keselowski and Chase Elliott. I think those seven are fairly, to, to me, as although mathematically none of them are locks, if I had to, to say who, who was I more comfortable with making sure they made the round of 12, it is those seven drivers. And you, and you go from there. Kurt Busch, Alex Bowman, Eric Jones, Kyle Larson, Ryan Planey, William Byron, Eric Amarola, Clint Boyer, and Ryan Newman. You look at where everyone sits. I think the way Ryan Blaney has been running as of recently, he will move into that next round. Eric Jones has been really fast of late. He will move into the next round as well. Kyle Larson, he he was running really well up until the Brickyard 400 had that incident late. 
So he doesn't come in with a, a lot of momentum, but he does have speed behind that race car. We've seen it all year. If he can just put together those races, he's been close to winning, hasn't been able to get the win yet. But I like Carl, Kyle Larson to move to the round of 12 as well. I think drivers that, that I don't think will make it, I don't think that Eric Almarola, I, I don't think we'll see him in the round of 12. I, I agree with, with Trevor on that. I also agree I don't think we'll see Alex Bowman move on to the round of 12. And really, I, I don't also don't see Ryan Newman moving on to the round of 12. Where I differ a little bit from Trevor is I think that fourth driver that will not make the next round will be William Byron. I think Clint Boyer has found a little bit in that race car. He's he's had the pressure of the playoffs on him for several weeks now, and that'll that'll bode well for him as they head into this first round as well. And Clint Boyer will be that twelfth driver for me, making the second round of the playoffs. You get to round number two of the playoffs. Three tracks on that one. You'll have Dover on October 6th, Talladega on October 13th, and then Kansas will be on October 20th. So, again, three completely different racetracks. The one-mile racetrack at Dover, the two-and-a-half-mile track at Talladega where anything can happen and is really the wild card of the playoffs. And then Kansas will round out that round. You look at Trevor's bracket. Again, Trevor not able to be with us here today. He's got Kyle Busch, Denny Hamlin all moving on to that next round. Joey Logano, Kevin Harvick, Chase Elliott, Eric Jones, Ryan Blaney, and Kyle Larson. So the big one there, Martin Truex not moving on to the round of eight for Trevor as we preview the NASCAR playoff grid. He also has William Byron unable to make the next round. Kurt Busch not making that round as well as Brad Keselowski. For me, I agree with Trevor. Kyle Busch, Denny Hamlin, they'll be in the round of eight. It is both of his tracks that doesn't really hasn't really mattered for for these guys this year. Is you want to look at what track suits people well. Some people are just able to have good runs at tracks they aren't able to when it needs to be done. I disagree with Trevor. I think Martin Truex Jr. makes the round of eight. I think that's probably where it'll stop for him this year, but I think Martin Truex, he'll, he'll use those playoff points to get to the round of eight. Kevin Harvick will be in the round of eight. Joey Logano will be in the round of eight. So the top five seeds will all move on to the next round. Seed six is is where I don't think we, we see Brad Keselowski move on to the round of eight. I predict that he will miss out on the round of eight. I think Chase Elliott will be the sixth driver for me moving on to that round. And then you look at who's still there. I think Kyle Larson, he's got the speed. I'll take him in the seventh spot. And then Kurt Busch, for me, will we'll move on to take that final spot in the round of eight. So Clint Boyer, Ryan Blaney, Eric Jones, and Brad Keselowski are my four that do not make the round of eight. Moving on to that round of eight, you've got three, again, distinct different racetracks. You'll have Martinsville on October 27th, Texas on November 3rd, and then Phoenix on November 10th. Those three racetracks, again, you win at one of those racetracks, you will find yourself in the championship for racing for a championship at Homestead. We'll see where everyone lines up with that when we get there. But looking at what Trevor's got for his championship for, he's got Kyle Busch, he's got Denny Hamlin, He's got Eric Jones, and he's got Kevin Harvick. 
those four are Trevor's championship four. Got to lock those picks in now. See where it all pans out in 10 races. For me, I like Kyle Busch to make it as well. Denny Hamlin also for me in the championship four. For me, I'm going to go Joey Logano. He will be back there racing for a championship at Homestead. And then I will put Kyle Larson. Won't have a win, but he will make the championship four for me. And then both Trevor and I at Homestead are going to agree on who we've got as the 2019 champion. Just been running too well as of late, taking it into the playoffs. Didn't have a great car at Indianapolis. Had to run a backup car. Still was able to find his way to a sixth-place finish. Has been on a tear as of late. Denny Hamlin is who both Trevor and I have picked to win the 2019 championship based on where we sit heading into the playoffs. If you want to play along, let us know who you think is going to be your champion. Let us know on Twitter at the Left Turn Show. Let us know who you have as champion for the 2019 Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series season. Again, Trevor and I have picked Denny Hamlin, but 16 drivers all go into this this 10-race stretch with an opportunity to go home a champion. We're going to go ahead and take a quick break here on the left turn. When we get back, we will look at what happened in the Xfinity Series at the Brickyard. Welcome back to the left turn here on X106. I'm Jacob Blair again. Trevor Mater not able to be with us had some prior commitments, and uh, I'll make sure to tell him what I think next week when, when he is back. And we are one race into the first round of the playoffs. The Xfinity Series not quite there yet as they continue to, to work their regular season as they also had their race at the Brickyard. And Kyle Busch was entered into that one. And as everyone could have probably predicted, Kyle Busch won the Xfinity race at the Brickyard. Only been two winners at the Brickyard. It's Kyle Busch and Justin Allgaier in the Xfinity Series. Allgaier finished second. At least in, in this race, it wasn't as easy for Kyle Busch. You, you had Justin Allgaier there all race long. Tyler Reddick, Christopher Bell, they were really fast. They were challenging him. But Kyle Busch ends up your winner in the Xfinity Series. In that race, again, it was a, a race where pretty calm early and then you started having those incidents late you had a couple cautions early for just some issues with some cars at the back but then early on in stage two brandon brown gets in an incident he's into the wall into stage two and then you have stage three john hunter nemechek has a problem brandon jones and austin Sindrick have issues and then you get a late race restart after that caution between brandon jones and austin Sindrick. caution on lap 89 restart on lap 93, that restart doesn't take a whole long time before your two guys battling for the lead. On the front row of that restart with just a few laps to go, Tyler Reddick, Christopher Bell, they get together. They end up in the wall. And it was a really a vicious hit for both of them as, as they went head first into those, those two walls, nose first. And that put... Justin Allgaier and Kyle Busch on the front row. Kyle Busch getting the better of Justin Allgaier. But going back to that wreck with, with Reddick and Bell, as we saw it all weekend long, is you had to really crowd whoever you were racing on the inside. If you were on the outside, you had to crowd that driver if you wanted to make the pass. You couldn't give him much room because you, you gave him too much room. You'd slide up, you get in the marbles, and, and we 
Indy, it's really bad in IndyCar. It's bad in, in the Cup Series. It's what that track is. Indy is a one-groove racetrack. You've really got to work the outside to make it work. We saw Kevin Harvick make it work on a couple restarts, but even then, the guy on the inside was loose in that Cup Series. But Tyler Reddick, late race restart, he's got to have the ability to get in front of Christopher Bell. They're tight over there in turn number two. Bell gets loose, gets into Reddick, and then they wreck. They're late in the race. And then Kyle Busch ends up with a win. Busch led 46 laps in this one. Justin Allgaier led 24. Christopher Bell, he led 15 in this race as well. Brandon Jones had a really fast car as well before you got to that incident. He had a, an incident with Austin Sindrick a few laps before that. Was able to come back from that after getting into the wall. He came back for a sixth-place finish. He led eight laps. So Brandon Jones really has struggled early in the season. But as of late, has come on, has a lot of speed in that race car. Just can't seem to find the luck in that 19 machine this year. Look at the finishing order of the Xfinity race at the Brickyard. Kyle Busch again picks up the win. Justin Allgaier second. Noah Gragson third. Jeb Burton finishes in that fourth position. Justin Haley finishes fifth. Brandon Jones sixth. Cole Custer seventh. Chase Briscoe eighth. Austin Hill in that ninth position. Ryan Stieg rounds out the top 10 so another good run for ryan sieg in the 39 machine you look at the points now for the xfinity series as they will head to their regular season finale at las vegas so they are one race away from starting from their playoff starting again they only have a seven race playoff with 12 drivers making the playoffs. so one more race to go before they set that playoff grid where they sit right now as you look, is if the field were to start today, Christopher Bell has already accumulated 53 playoff points and would be the one seed. Cole Custer, 44 playoff points. He would be the two seed. Tyler Reddick, 39 playoff points. He would be the three seed. And look at where everyone's at right now. Austin Sendrick would be the four seed. 17 points of playoff points accumulated during the course of the season. Chase Briscoe with 12 Justin Allgaier has also accumulated 12 points if the playoffs were to start today. Right now, this includes if and when they get those bonus points or where they finish in the regular season. The top five, Bell, Custer, Reddick, Sendrick, and Briscoe, have all locked themselves in for sure based on wins. And then you get to a, a place where, barring any surprise winner, your field is set because Justin Allgaier is 388 points above the cut line. Michael Annette who would be seated seventh right now. He does have a win, so he is locked in. Noah Gragson is 291 above the cut line. Brandon Jones, 164. Justin Haley, 218. So all of those drivers are locked into the field right now. John Hunter Nemechek, 136 above the cut line. Ryan Sieg, 124 above the cut line. So in order, with only 60 points total on offer for a driver to, to sweep both stage one, stage two, and the win, that's not enough points for anyone like Greg Galding or Jeremy Clements or Brandon Brown to find themselves in the playoffs. So they have to get a win. So barring any surprise winners, your field is, is set as it will be Cole Custer. It'll be Christopher Bell, Cole Custer, Tyler Reddick, Austin Sendrick, Chase Briscoe, Justin Algaro, Michael Annette, Noah Gragson, Brandon Jones, Justin Haley, John Hunter Nemechek, and Ryan Sieg. A big thing between Sieg and Hunter Nemechek is those are the two not locked in yet based on points if a surprise winner were to find their way into the playoffs again. If that doesn't happen, everything I'm saying here 
in the last few statements won't matter because that will be your playoff field. So not a whole lot of drama, not near as much drama as what we had in the Cup Series heading into that final round before the playoffs for the Xfinity Series. We're going to take another quick break here on the left turn when we get back. It's time to preview the first weekend of the playoffs for the Cup Series. Also talk about in that Xfinity Series race, and the trucks will be back in action. Stick with us here on the left turn on X106. Welcome back to the left turn here on X106. Again, Jacob Blair with you for about another 15 minutes, and, and Trevor Mater not able to be with us here today. And I keep saying that because he left me hanging. He left me out here on my own, and but we've got it covered here on the left turn as we get ready to now look at this week's racing from Las Vegas. The Cup Series, they start the playoffs. The Xfinity Series, they've got one more race before the playoffs. The trucks, well, we got to send a couple guys to the next round of the playoffs as it is the cut race for the round of eight. So we're going to start with that Gander Outdoors Truck Series race. It'll be Friday, 8 o'clock, Fox Sports 1, World of Westgate 200. And you look at where the truck series sits right now. Again, Brett Moffitt locked in to the next round of the playoffs it is where Brett Moffitt sits. He has won at both Bristol and most sports. So two wins in the round of eight for Brett Moffitt, the only driver to lock himself into the next round of the playoffs so far. And you look at where everyone else sits. Ross Chastain, he'll head into this race at Las Vegas, the most comfortable of everybody with a 28-point lead over that cut line, Stuart Friesen. He's got a six-point lead over the sixth spot. He sits in third, so that that all can be wiped away with one stage of, of points racing if, say, Grant Enfinger or Johnny Sauter or Tyler Anker were able to grab some points in those stages. Stuart Friesen could be in trouble. Same for Matt Crafton. He's only five above the cut line. Austin Hill, he sits right now only four above the cut line. Grand Enfinger, two above that cut line. Johnny Sauter, two back from that cut line. And then Tyler Ankrum, the driver that has to do the most work to make his way to the next round of the playoffs, 14 back. And this is this is extremely tight. You know, again, you look at where Ross Chastain sits. He's got a little bit of breathing room to, to make some mistakes and come home with, with a solid, say, top 12 run, and he should be able to make the next round. Really, no one else is safe. Any of those other six drivers could work their way into the next round any of those other six could work their way out of the next round. So, and you look at Las Vegas with the way the trucks race there is you're going to have a situation where drivers are going to be racing hard. You're going to get restarts and restarts are crazy because of the draft at tracks like these and something could happen and, and drivers are going to be right on top of each other in terms of, of points. So do we see any desperation? Do we, do we see any driver race a little bit more aggressively then normal to try to make the next round of the playoffs again this race will be eight o'clock on friday the world of westgate 200 at las vegas we'll now take a look at the left turn point standings a competition between me and trevor as we make picks each week since trevor's not here i don't have to give the points update because well as you tuned into our podcast last week it is not good i have regained into single or excuse me, double digits in terms of my points deficit as it was triple digits before this weekend. So Trevor's got a, a good handle on that last week. Again, Trevor took 
Cole Custer in the Xfinity Series. I took Kyle Busch, so I got the win there. And then I took Martin Truex, and he took Kyle Busch in the Cup Series this week. In the Truck Series race, Trevor, he's going to take Grant Infinger to get his first win of the season at regular season points champion. And just with the way the trucks worked out this year, it was kind of funny how you only had one driver essentially lock themselves in based off points because the regular season points champion, they get an automatic jump into the, the playoffs. And then all of the winners, being six different winners, Grand Infinger not being one of them, hasn't won a race, also won the regular season points championship. Trevor's got him to pick up that first win. I'm going to take Brett Moffitt to sweep the entire round of eight in the Truck Series playoffs. Not let anyone else lock themselves in. Everyone else will have to do that on points, and Brett Moffitt will continue his streak of race wins. Now we'll turn and look to the Xfinity Series. They're going to run the Rhino Pro Truck Outfitters 300, 630 NBCSN. That'll be on Saturday for the Xfinity Series. Talked about their point situation. Pretty much the 12 drivers you see above the cut line will be the 12 drivers heading into the playoffs, barring any weirdnesses from a Brandon Brown or a Gray Galding or a Jeremy Clements that are able to find victory lane. And and frankly, they haven't shown the speed to do that unless it, it comes under a fuel mileage race or just some weird things that, that happen, maybe a race where you get a situation where you have rain. As we saw Justin Haley pick up that race at Daytona earlier where we get some weird winners. But, but in that Xfinity Series race, we, we've seen all year long, it's really been about three drivers. Cole Custer, Tyler Reddick, Christopher Bell. That's been the three drivers you really want to choose from unless, a, a, say, a Kyle Busch or one of the other Cup Series drivers makes their way into the Xfinity Series. And that's where those picks are going to stay between me and Trevor. Trevor's going to take Christopher Bell. I have Tyler Reddick to win this last race before the playoffs that last race to find an opportunity to grab some more playoff points to, to pad that bonus heading into the round round one of the playoffs the big one that one will be on sunday for the monster energy cup series six o'clock will be the start time on nbc that is the south point 400 so nbcsn will be the south point 400 and trevor and i unfortunately are not able to make the show today talked about this a little bit yesterday is when we looked at the start time for this race, we, we thought it was kind of bit, a little bit interesting. Yes, Las Vegas is out there on the West Coast. So you've got to start it a little bit later anyways, but it's a a 4 o'clock start for Las Vegas, so it's not really a night race, although it is a, a Sunday night primetime race for a, a lot of other people here on the east coast uh, us here in the midwest where it's gonna be a six o'clock start time here and it's an interesting start time seeing it, it come late normally we're used to maybe seeing that race start at two or, or three o'clock which means it's a one or, or a noon or one o'clock start there they push it back a little bit this year maybe get the track a little bit cooler i'm not sure exactly why it got pushed back maybe trying to, to find some time in between the the afternoon football game and the Sunday night football game just because it is football season week one started this past week so now you're you're competing with audiences there in terms of you race Sunday people want to watch football on Sunday so maybe they're trying to find some stuff there or maybe want want the track to cool down a little bit get get an evening race it won't really be a night race but it will be an evening race and get some cooler track conditions maybe help these cars get a little bit more grip and we, we've seen this year that that the 
cooler the track is, the better this package likes it. The, the best race of the year, really on a, a mile and a half back in Kansas, a really cold night. And the track temperature was not very warm and the, the cars really seemed to like that and, and raced really well. So see if that later start time produces better racing. And we talked about the, those playoff standings. Go over them one more time real quick if you weren't here earlier in the show. Kyle Busch will come in as the one seed. He's 45 above the cut line. Denny Hamlin, he is... Sorry, Kyle Busch, 44 above the cut line. Denny Hamlin, 29 above the cut line. Martin Truex Jr. will start 28 above that cut line. Kevin Harvick, 27. Joey Logano, 27. Brad Keselowski will be 23 up. Chase Elliott, 17 up. Kurt Busch, 10 up. And then the drivers that... that don't have a, a big gap starting this this week and at all alex bowman and eric jones along with kyle larson will be four above the cut line william byron eric almarola will both start out of the next round of the playoffs three below the cut line and then clint boyer ryan newman will be four below the cut line so again three races 12 drivers will advance if you win this weekend and you're a playoff driver you will lock yourself into the round of 12 and basically can can have a little bit more fun at the next two races, not have near as, as much pressure as we've now run this this format for a while. So drivers have gotten used to it. They understand how it works. You get those playoff formats. You've added those playoff points. So someone like Kyle Busch, who has 45 points worth of those playoff bonus points, he's going to start that number one seed every round he goes into. You also have the opportunity to continue to pad that playoff bonus point bag that you have so if kyle bush were to sweep the entire weekend win both stages win the race he then has 52 points and that's what these drivers will start to look for as well the drivers that feel comfortable of making the next round again it's going to be a battle between those guys at the bottom ryan newman clint boyer eric almarola byron blaney larson jones bowman fighting for that next round of the playoffs i look to see a lot of those guys up top bush hamlin truex harvick logano Elliot, guys like that will we'll have a pretty easy way to go into the next round as i say that there's also the other side of that where this is racing things happen crashes happen up in front of drivers mechanical failures happen and then you're on your back foot trying to find your way two races in to figure out how to make the playoffs after a bad race at las vegas good thing for a guy like kyle bush has that issue won't be too far behind because he's got those playoff points, but if you're a Ryan Newman and you have an issue at Las Vegas, it's going to make it really challenging to make the next round of the playoffs. So the big thing for all these drivers, three three solid races. In the round of 12, you don't necessarily need three perfect races. You need three good races. You can't afford a bad one. And with that starting this weekend, we saw a couple bad races at Las Vegas last year take some drivers and make it really difficult through the rest of the rounds. For this race... Trevor is going to take Kyle Busch to, to win at home and get back in the win column. I'm going to take Joey Logano to sweep the year at Las Vegas as he won the spring race at, at the track. I'm going to take Joey Logano. So again, that, ex, that Cup Series race will be Saturday, 6 o'clock on the NBC Sports Network, the South Point 400, the Xfinity race, Saturday, 6.30, the Rhino Pro Truck Outfitters 300, and then the Gander Outdoors Truck Series Maybe the most important race of the weekend is points are tight and drivers trying to make the round of six for the truck series. That's the World of Westgate 200. That's an 8 o'clock start on Friday. So we wrap up the left turn a little bit here. We we do want to 
take a moment to, to talk about the big weekend of dirt racing that, that did happen. We, we talked about NASCAR, IndyCar off this week or off this next weekend as well so we will talk about championship week for them when we return monday three to four here on x106 but big weekend in the dirt racing world especially around here is it's just a few hours away in boone iowa the imca super nationals over 800 cars in six different divisions race during the course of a week it starts basically on a saturday with the prelude have Sunday off, and then you're racing Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then the big dance on Saturday. As drivers from all across the country go to this race, and, and just a, a really good week of racing, was able to, to tune into some of that. Fortunately, they had some rain issues on Saturday that they cut some of the LK, LCQ events, and then uh, made the the track a, a difficult track to race on later because it was it was really heavy, really grippy. You could really hook up those rear tires and on dirt that that's what everyone's going after is to get grip to those rear tires so when you've got a ton of it it makes it difficult to, to pass and we saw that on saturday but when you're racing for a week you're gonna get rain one of those days and unfortunately the rain came on saturday but that that track prep crew out there did a, a phenomenal job to to get that race in and the modified event out there was won by ethan dotson and then Ricky Thornton was able to finish in that second position there in the modified feature, as well as some other drivers around this area were able to make those main events. But with this race, when you have 200-plus modified show up to try to make a 33-car field, just making the event is a is a big, big accomplishment. A lot of drivers, it is a career accomplishment to get that that win you also had the world 100 taking place at eldora three nights of racing there as jonathan davenport in that 49 car was able to pick up the world 100 victory and drivers over there in the the dirt late model world will tell you as well that that is a big race that they want to pick up in order to you know, add that race to their resume. We mentioned it earlier. There was the BC 39 at Indianapolis Motor Speedway, that little fifth mile dirt track built at the Brickyard. You saw Kyle Larson win the the prelim night. An interesting format they ran there. The the feature event they would run in five lap segments on the prelim night. And those five lap segments, if you lost a position, your race was over. And they, they would take that run until they ran out of cars. And at the end of that prelim night. Two cars upside down, Kyle Larson, the only one. And in that last five-minute segment, three cars, two of them ended up upside down on the last lap. Kyle Larson, the only one still running. Kyle Larson picked up that win. Night number two, the big one, the BC39, it was Zeb Wise that picked up that win. There, And you look at, again, the Boone Super Nationals, Ethan Dotson, he picked up the modified win. There you look at the stock cars, it was... The, the I am, excuse me, the stock cars there, the IMCA stock cars, as they were able to run, and there was sport mods and hobby stocks there on Saturday. The sport compacts and late models ran earlier in the week, so a lot of good dirt racing around the country as well. In Vegas this weekend, trucks on Friday, Xfinity Series on Saturday, Cup Series will be on Sunday. Cup Series starts their playoff run. Xfinity Series, they will set 
their grid for the playoffs is it's the last race before the playoffs. And then the trucks, they're going to find their round of six as it's the last race in the round of eight. It'll get a little bit less confusing here in a little couple races as everyone will start to match up as, as we head towards the end of the season. But for the Cup Series, just 10 races left. 10 races to crown a champion. Thank you for tuning in to the left turn here on X106. I'm Jacob Blair again. Trevor Mater not able to be with us. Be back next week. We'll break down everything from Las Vegas. We also preview Richmond and preview Laguna Seca for the IndyCar Series. Three to four every Monday, the left turn. Thanks for listening.